text passage, Genesis chapter 18. Thank you, ladies. Oh, how I desire that we live the songs we sing. And I'm thankful for these young ladies and their testimony. He's announced he's going to destroy Sodom. God and Abraham are having a conversation. Abraham says, Lord, you're not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked, are you? And he said, if you can find 50 righteous, I'll, I'll, I'll spare Sodom. In verse number 28, Abraham asked if he would spare Sodom, if he could find 45 righteous people. Verse number 29, he asked God, would you spare it for 40 people? Verse number 30, he said, would you spare Sodom for 30 people? Verse number 31, he said, will you spare Sodom if we can find 20 righteous people? Verse number 32, the Bible says that he asked God if he would spare Sodom, if he could find 10 righteous people. And God said he would. But they could not find 10 righteous people and Sodom was destroyed. Who was supposed to make the difference in Sodom? Who was supposed to produce at least 10 righteous people? I continue the message tonight, the Christian's responsibility to the culture. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word tonight. I pray that you bless in power here in this building and as the service is seen online across the nation and world. And I pray, Lord, that you would use this to motivate us in our work for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For the past six months I have re-examined, I have read, I have had many conversations with men of God older than me and younger, and I've discussed and looked at this relationship and responsibility of the Christian to the culture. I remind you of some definitions that I gave this morning. Culture is similar to the word society. Though there are some differences, there are some similarities. The word culture could also be explained as the ways or the behaviors of people. In the Bible, we have the ways of man and we have the ways of God. And those are presented in the Bible and constantly, not only God, but the prophets, the preachers are constantly saying, let's go in God's ways. Uh, there is a way that seemeth right to man. I don't want to do what seems right. I want to do what God says is right. It's a culture, the ways. The word culture is like the word personality. Every place, every group of people, every event has a particular personality or it has a particular culture. What is our responsibility to the culture around us? Now the culture would include at least these seven things and we could probably add ten more but at least these seven things. When we talk about a culture, we would talk about the language of the culture. For example, some cultures that speak Spanish, some cultures that speak English, and so forth and so on. 
A culture would include the customs and traditions of a people. For example, their holidays, uh, their sports, their activities, their celebrations or the things that they celebrate. The customs and traditions make up their culture. I'll use the word religion because some have salvation and some have nothing more than a religion. But religion or faith makes up a culture. Music and art is a part of culture. That would be, uh, food would be included in that. The things that we eat, the music that we listen to, uh, music, arts, and food. Education is a big part of culture. Our Western culture emphasizes the fact that God is the creator of mankind. Not only is God the creator, he is the savior of the world. And we get a biblical world view. Uh, different cultures have different educational uh, emphasis. Then there is the form of government or a system of laws. It may be a democracy or it may be a, uh, totalitarian, uh, a totalitarian, uh, a totalitarian form of government. The economic system, whether it would be as in America, uh, we once had a capitalistic uh, society and we have moved far more than we want to admit or recognize to a very socialistic uh, form of government. That's when the government takes our money and tells us we, are, we know how to spend it better than you do. You work, uh, you work, you earn it, and we'll decide how it's spent. That's socialism. Capitalism is when we work and we get to spend our own money the way we desire to spend it. And uh, competition of product and service uh, is, uh, uh, drives uh, capitalism, the economic system. There are three ideas or actions we can take in regards to the Christian's responsibility to the culture. First of all, we can isolate from the culture and the world. In other words, we could live our own lives inside our own homes, inside our own churches, inside our own groups and ignore uh, the behavior, ignore the direction of the world. And there are many uh, that have chosen uh, to do that. They're going to just uh, isolate from the world. Observation of that decision is that sin and selfishness destroys uh, those people from within. I'll not go into that. There's no value unless it has savor and unless it is applied. Light has no value if the light is under a bushel. The Bible says it ought to be on the hillside of a city so that all can see. And so we cannot, uh, we cannot decide that we're going to be isolationists. By the way, let me give this warning. We cannot allow Christian education, uh, whether that would be a Christian academy or a Bible college, to become a place of isolation. We didn't go to a Christian school or to Bible college to get out of the world so we would never return but we got, we're getting a Christian education so we can learn how to return to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
That's what they preached. That's what they taught when I went to Christian school. Now the motivation for sending your kids to a Christian school, I don't want them to be around the drugs and the alcohol and all of the teaching. And I understand that, but that's not the purpose. That is one of the blessings of Christian education. You don't send your children to Bible college so you can separate them from what's going on in public college. The idea of a Christian college is to prepare us to go into the world to have an influence and let our light shine and be salt in this world. Now, we don't want to be isolationist. Second of all, we could choose the idea that we would bring the culture of the world into the church and combined and combine Christianity and the world. That's called compromise. It brings death to the church and it destroys, if the church, or as long as it lives, it destroys any influence or any effect that it would have. The seven churches of Asia Minor in Revelation 2 and 3 were like those churches. They failed either in doctrine or in duty. And they had become compromised. And he said, if you don't change, I'm going to remove the candlestick. And that's exactly what he did. He removed the candlestick and they're nothing but ruins today. Uh, the church has the promise of perpetuity so long it's working to fulfill the Great Commission. Uh, back in the 80s, he said, the world has become so churchy, church has become so worldly, I can't tell the difference in the two. They ought to know we're Christians, other than reading the name on the side of the van, the way the people are behaving riding inside the van, ought to let them know they're Christians. Or thirdly, we could be salt and light in every city, I'm sorry, in every part of the culture, making it better by spiritual influence and behavior. We ought to be living our Christianity in our language. You shouldn't use the foul language of the world. Somebody say amen right there. You don't need to be using the foul language of the world. Folks ought to know that we're Christians by the things we talk about. It'd be a good thing tomorrow to talk about uh, the fact that more than 20 people trusted Christ as, sa as Savior yesterday in church. It'd be a good thing to talk about the fact of the number of folks that were in church and the number of visitors that attended church. It'd be a wonderful thing to talk about the choir specials of, yesterday, uh, of this morning and this evening. We ought to talk about Jesus in our language. We ought to take our Christianity to the customs and traditions, as I said and used as an illustration this morning. Holidays should not be an excuse for a picnic. It ought to celebrate the purpose. Uh, and I'm not against the picnic, and I'm not against the uh, festivities of the Bible. They had those times of festivities, but they recognized the purpose of the Passover. Uh, they recognized the purpose of the celebration of the birth of Christ. How we live determines how that's going to be in our culture. What we'll live on our faith as far as faith and religion is concerned. I said this morning, faith has no value in and of itself. To say you're a person of faith, everybody's a person of faith. You ride in the car, especially with some folks, you're a person of faith. But it's the object of our faith that takes us to heaven. We want to live out our faith in Christ in the culture.
music, education, our form of government. Now, these economic system, we're supposed to be salt and light in every part of the culture. Now, these things, as I mentioned this morning, in and of themselves are, are neither good or bad. It's according to how you use them. I uh, may say music is amoral. I, I, I mean specifically a musical note is immoral, but once it becomes a song, it's used for a purpose. So, so uh, if you hear the statement, music is not amoral, and some would say that it isn't, but it has a purpose. Once the note becomes a song, it is then either moral or immoral. There's no songs for just singing. They all carry a purpose. There's a story behind those songs, unless it would be these contemporary songs that they can only write a song seven words long, so they sing it for 20 minutes. They're not very smart in their songwriting, nevertheless. Now, we learned this morning, and I repeat tonight, the gospel of Christ is to be taken into a lost and dark world. We're to be the salt and light in the world. Jonah's preaching to Nineveh. He didn't want to go. They didn't hate Christians. They killed Christians. They sought ways to inflict pain. They would fillet. They would kill Christians in a slow and deliberate manner saying, we don't want Christians. No wonder Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. But God said, go to Nineveh and tell them they're going to perish in a short time, 40 days to judgment. Jonah went in and preached, and his preaching to that crowd in public Preserve that nation 150 years, or that city of Nineveh 150 years. Philip brought great joy to the city of Samaria with the gospel. And I want to say, and I'll repeat it again through the message tonight, the gospel is the power of change. The gospel is servitive movement to replace Christianity that is a compromise that we will lose on to hear a fellow say well I'm a conservative I like that are you a Christian because if you're a conservative without faith in Christ uh, that's what brought us the expansion of gambling this last year in Kentucky that conservative crowd right there now the work of grace does not stop at salvation but it goes on to the way a man lives his life. The same grace that Titus said teaches us that we're supposed to be honest and we're supposed to be moral and we're supposed to live right. I say tonight Satan has not stopped the work of his agenda. Sadly, the church has. Satan has attacked the sanctity of life. And the murder of the 60 million unborn has had a terrible effect on our nation. It's affected us mentally, emotionally. It has brought a guilt upon our nation. It certainly has brought no joy or gladness. Those that march for the right to abortion do not do so with joy and gladness. Satan has attacked the sanctity of marriage and has brought all kinds of ills to our society. 
This past week, uh, Governor uh, of California, Governor Newsom, uh, looking at one of the rail stations there, he looked in his own town, in a town in his own state, and says, this looks like a third world location. And uh, he, he then said, he made a negative statement about gangs, but he apologized to the gangs. We don't like the results, but now we did sure don't want to offend the people that are committing the crimes. That's how foolish we become. And Satan has shamed us by deception. The games that are being played right now are ridiculous. Do you know Michigan State, they did not have in-person learning in the month of January. They don't have much learning when they're in person. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Uh, uh, but, but they didn't have in-person learning for sake of COVID. Their basketball arena holds 17,500. Every home game has been sold out. Institution of the home and of government and the church. Education is now an expectation to be given from the government rather than parents. And they say publicly and without reservation, children in America suffered great harm, emotional harm, and mental harm because they didn't get to go to school and they had to stay home and they had to spend so much time with their family and parents that it caused mental... Uh, folks, that admission ought to get somebody's attention to say, wait a minute, we're headed in the wrong direction. Government has convinced us that they know how to better distribute what we earn rather than deciding ourselves how our money is spent. By the way, all of these programs, the purpose of those programs is to gain another voting block. Now, while we know what is going to happen in the end, and we win, Christ is the winner, I understand that, we cannot sit and wait until Jesus comes to rescue us. We cannot allow the culture to go on in corruption and our children lose their freedom and the blessings of God in our nation. Now, many do not believe that's going to happen, but as history repeats itself, we can read of cultures that were, the, uh, nations that were successful and nations were being blessed as they followed the principles of the Word of God. But as they walked away from those principles and got the ideas of the ways of man, those nations crumbled. Germany blamed the Jew until they rounded up all the Jews and they killed them. They said, now we've rid of the problem in our society. The problem was not the fact of Jews or the Judeo influence that they brought. The problem was a hatred of God. That is why every Christian ought to be salt and light in a dark and sinful world. That's why every Christian ought to be a witness of the gospel. That's why every staff and every Sunday school class and every deacon and every church member ought to let their light shine in this dark world saying, Jesus is the way.
That's why we need laymen that's to the will of God. Our study of Luke in Sunday school, Luke recognized the importance of women and he emphasized the faith that they had in Christ. We need a generation of women who have faith not in the media or not in the uh, crowd, what the crowd's doing, but has faith in Christ even if you have to stand alone as a mother and a wife. We need men who will do the work of an evangelist. We must get the gospel outside the four walls of the local church as John the Baptist took his message to the public. We must take the word of God to the public as Philip took the gospel to Samaria. So we must take it to towns to plant churches. And we must understand a proper balance of how we approach this work of affecting and influencing our culture. Some have left the church to get into the work of a conservative group. Friend, when you leave the gospel, you left the power. I said when you leave the gospel, you've left the power. You've gone to battle with a gun and no ammunition. And when you walk away from the power of the gospel, if you're ashamed of the gospel, you're ashamed of the answer. The gospel is the only thing that can change a man, that can change a city, that can influence a town for Christ. We cannot isolate in the church and keep the seed in the barn, but we must realize that if you and I do not stand up in our culture, Satan is working and winning every day, taking every When we, not the conservative, we, not the conservative media, Republican Party, we, not the conservative media, but we with the gospel have the only answer to make a change or a difference in our world. The only hope for America's democracy and freedom, the only hope is to see a spiritual awakening in our nation. Christianity is the only force that can change the course of this nation. Listen to me. There is no political hope. You saw what our political hope accomplished the last four years. We were thankful for somebody that loved America. But the politics is so corrupt that is it the answer. The answer is in that book. The answer is the gospel. But if we take the gospel and we do not, and we keep it in the church and we don't take it to the lost world, we don't let our light shine if we don't advance the cause of Christ. Satan wins, and we lose our freedom in America. I, I don't know about you, I don't want to lose our freedom. I enjoy the fact that I can come to church tonight and preach without fear. I personally know people in countries, communist countries, they hid to have church for fear of their lives being taken or going to prison. I don't want to lose our freedom. And we can't sit here and fiddle until our freedom is burned. Now it's important that we understand the balance in our approach of making a difference for, for Christ and right in our world. Verse 11, we're pilgrims, pilgrims passing through. We know that. 
Peter said in 1 Peter 2, verse 11, that we're pilgrims and we're strangers. I understand that. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 2, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. However, as we pass through this land, as we pass through this land, we are here long enough to live and marry and rear our children and need a house and do a work for God. This is where we live our lives, regardless of how short or long it may be. We bring children into the world, and this is where they live. Now, I look for the coming of Christ. Some are looking for the coming of Christ just as a rescue from responsibility. I'm supposed to work till Jesus comes. You say his coming is soon good. I want to work hard and I want him to find us working when he comes. The Bible tells us in Psalm 78 that we're so to so live and we're to so, to, we're to so teach our children that they would set their hope in God. Now if the Lord comes in this coming week, wonderful. But what if it's a hundred years he tarries his coming? If we have folks uh, like the Muslim from Detroit that sits in Congress uh, or the communist from New York uh, that sits in Congress and they're not being quiet and they're getting their message out every day and we sit back and we say, what a shame it is, what a shame it is. I just hate that, I just hate that. We're the only... We pass through this land. Deuteronomy chapter 6, it tells me, teach your children and teach your children to teach their children. First uh, John, uh, those letters of first, second, third John are written to a third uh, generation for a third generation revival. I look forward to the coming of Christ. All the signs point to the return of Christ. But till he comes, we must stand until Jesus comes. Until he comes, we must let our light shine until he comes. We know that we are to be different from the world. Those without Christ and those that live for their own will and pleasure and destruction. We must live out your Christianity. Live out your Christianity at school tomorrow. Live out your Christianity. Live out your Christianity at work tomorrow. Don't be ashamed to be a child of God. Don't be ashamed to stand for decent and right language. Don't be ashamed to stand for the gospel of Christ. It was a Christian democracy that was the beginning of our nation. I hear all these crowds talk about being mistreated. You talk about being mistreated by the woke society. Christianity is what's been pushed out. Christianity is what's been stomped out. It helped Christians turn off the television set and read a history book. They've stomped out Christianity from our schools. Do you understand this is the first book in the schools of our nation? Now they tell children that they evolved from an animal rather than were created. America's form of government, America's constitution and our Bill of Rights were greatly influenced by the Word of God in Christianity. It would do us well to read the three times and the three cases where the Supreme Court of the United States declared that America, yes, 
is a Christian nation. Regardless of what Mr. Obama said about it, it is what it is. I contend that it's not the war heroes with statues. It's not white supremacy. It's not traditional marriage. It's not two genders that the Black Lives Matter and the woke crowd and the liberal media are fighting against. They hate God. And they're fighting to get rid of Christianity and the Bible from this nation. I don't know about you. I don't want them to get our children. We have a right to our children, don't we? We have a right. This is our land. This is our country. Satan's not trying to stop. I can't believe God brought this tornado. I can't believe God allowed these people. God is bad, 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 bad. And all these rules, that's what's caused rebellion. No, what caused rebellion is a fallen nature. And God is not the culprit. Sin and Satan and his deception, that's the culprit. That's what breaks marriages. That's what put men in an early grave. That's what caused children to go to bed without a mother or a father and with a broken heart and crying through the night and hungry. It's sin. That's what caused the problem in our country. What are Christians supposed to preach that live in China? They give the gospel against the law. We have preachers that say, well, the governor said we shouldn't have church and I want to be a good Christian and do the right thing. I'll see you at the ball game Friday night. But we can't have church. What are Christians, what do we expect them to do in Myanmar? They're still preaching Christ. Some of them, their testimony is magnified because they're in prison for preaching Christ. Since in America, we're losing what we've had. We're losing the freedom of speech in our nation. We're losing the battle of education. They're now publicly saying, you as parents have no right to decide no right to decide what's taught in the classrooms. We are smarter. We have, we have an ability to teach your children what they need. There are adults trying to pass laws that say children can do anything they want, including immorality, including a gender change, and not consult with their parents. Children don't belong to the government. They don't belong to the school system. They belong to their mom and to their dad. And furthermore, they belong to the God that created them and gave them the life and breath to breathe. Do we give up on our nation? Or do we do as the prophets did in Israel and proclaim righteousness? By the way, you can't proclaim righteousness without naming sin. We've already tried to be kind and say, well, we'll just ignore this LGBT and we'll just ignore this. You can't ignore sin. It must be declared as sin and wrong and righteous. Say no to the wrongs. More than once the nation of Israel had revival. They returned to God through the preaching and leadership of the kings and influence of the prophets and God blessed them again. 
Now, can I engage so much in the world that I forget my eternal purpose? Yes, and I must not do that. Can I have my mind on the eternal purpose so much that I do not influence the world around me and work to preserve it for the next generation and become an isolationist? Yes, and we must not do that. We must follow the Word of God and the examples that God has given us. You understand right now, we're going through another cultural revolution in America. Satan has gone for the knockout blow, the kill in our nation. Marriage can only be defined one way. Satan is trying to redefine it. Somebody has to stand up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is what God says. And by the way, you won't stand before the Supreme Court when you die. You'll stand before God Almighty. This crowd that hates the right to life and they fight for the right to abortion. They could live moral rather than living in immorality and prevent the pregnancy rather than going on living in their immorality and commit murder to cover it up. The gender identity confusion. We need to tell our children what God says. Vulgarity that's being promoted. Here's what they say. Preachers that preach against sin, their bills have been trying to pass for 20 years. Preachers that preach against sin are guilty of hate crimes. But Hollywood that shows you 25 ways of how to kill a man, how to rob a bank, to teach the lowest of immorality beyond the thoughts of any good man, they have the right to promote that. And a fellow who says that sin that's a hate crime? You know the whole idea of, of, of the state of themselves, Israel, was to be a priestly nation. They weren't supposed to stay to themselves. They were supposed to be an example to all the nations of the world. If you'll love and obey God, he'll bless you. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. They were chosen as a priestly nation to influence the world. And they did influence the world. It was by Israel that our Savior came. It was through that nation that we received the word of God. Oh, dear friend, he chose them. He made them a nation to be an example to the world. When you come to the New Testament, he tells the church. The New Testament church where the culture was hostile to Christianity. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. He's not talking about in heaven. He's talking about on earth. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. I've said to most every elected official that I've talked to, the best you can do is defense. And we're losing, if you know anything about football, if the... If the if the team drives you back against the opposite goal line, it's a safety in two points. They're killing us just on safeties. We're sorry at defense. God didn't call the church just to play defense. He said, I want you to go on the offense. I want you to make disciples, win them to Christ, baptize them, and teach them the word of God. Folks, if the church doesn't do what God's called us to do, our nation will lose its freedom. By the way, some states already have. 
some states have lost their basic freedoms and rights. And what they're talking about in the next step is to lose the freedom that we've had tonight to sing, to fellowship, to go out and win people to Christ, do the work God's called us to do. They want that to stop. The church cannot stop. We must move forward for the cause of Christ. Stand with me if you will. Some of you young men that are sophomores and juniors, let God tell you when you're ready. I don't have time to preach this. A lot of fellows want to organize ministries. Not a lot of fellows want to win people to Christ and build one. I don't know how many folks that come to church and they say, Preacher, will you let me run this ministry? No, but I'll let you go win everybody you can to Christ. Well, I don't want to do that. That's work. I just want to run the ministry of all the people that's already here. We've got to understand our purpose is to get the gospel of Christ out. Heavenly Father,